You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour, Jeff Merrick from 32 Thoughts, The Jeff Merrick Show. And the 21st captain of your Calgary Flames, Michael Backlund, will join us at 745. But right now, uh, NFL um, analyst for CBS, host of the Ross Tucker podcast, Ross Tucker. And he's brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. That sounds delicious. Yeah. New sponsor. House of Pizza, huh? Tom's House of Pizza. I love it, Tom. Yep. When I, when, uh, when George and the boys finally fly me up there, add, <laughs> yep. add it to the stop. Yep. Um, one day. we got we got to make that happen. We absolutely have to make that happen. I um, want to get your thoughts uh, quick. Uh, the biggest story, not only in the NFL, but maybe in North America right now, was Taylor Swift being at the game. Uh, the Chiefs game as they just absolutely wax the Bears. Just a quick side note, good for the Bears, and nobody's talking about how terrible their season is right now because all the attention was on Taylor Swift. But your thoughts on this whole, uh, the NFL getting even more attention and being even more of the machine than it already is? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, yep. I don't think that they are, but if you're the NFL I mean, wouldn't you almost pay to have her come to these games? I mean, it was the 425 window for Fox, which is a, you know, a very valuable window. Yep. And it was a terrible game. I mean, it was Bears-Chiefs. It was a terrible game. It was always going to be a terrible game. And so, you know, the ratings were off the charts, and it's mainly because of her. And because the fact that she was there and, and now Sunday night, supposedly she'll be there again. Yep. And, you know, Jets Chiefs is another terrible game and nobody wants to watch Zach Wilson play anymore. <laughs> He's not good. <laughs> and, and yet they'll do great ratings because she'll be there. I mean, she's uh not only is she the most, most popular person, I guess, in the world right now. But, you know, I don't remember it being like this for other, like, pop stars where it's like anything she does yeah. is just so, so scrutinized and gets so much attention. And it's just, I mean, I don't remember anybody when I was growing up that would go to every football stadium in the United States practically and sell it out for three straight nights, not just sell it out for three straight nights, but people paying thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. See her three nights in a row. I mean, when I went to see her in Philly with my daughters, there were approximately 10 to 15,000 people that just came to the concert and stood outside. They weren't able to get tickets. They just stood outside and listened to music. And it's like, I don't know, man. I mean, I think her music's really, really good. It was a great concert. 
But for a lot of these people, it's, it's almost like a religious thing. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it is. I think it's obviously a different time with social media. Michael Jackson was enormous in the 80s, too. But um, Ross wanted to... But, want... You know what's funny? That's yeah. kind of like what it reminds me of. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of like when I was a kid in the 80s, Michael Jackson or like what what the videos look like from the Beatles back in the day. I mean, yeah. it's just it's nuts. It is crazy. Um, she's, how about, like, she's like the Beatles. I, w- I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about this. If she does, in fact, go to that game on Sunday night, what if you did the drinking game that every time they show her on television, you do a shot? Ooh. Uh, you better, it better be a low-proof shot, or you better have a really high tolerance. Because they're going to show her a ton. Well, yep. I mean, people are fascinated by it. Yep. Just fascinated by it. But I don't know, like, does Travis Kelsey rent out a uh, a luxury box at the Jet Stadium? Like, what box is she in? Is she with his mom again? Like, a lot of questions there. A lot of questions. Uh, it I'm also sure does... she'll be in the stands, right? Like this oh, probably... yeah, sure. Yeah. No. <laughs> Just one more. How great would it be if she was, like, in Section 728? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just right beside Fireman Ed? Yeah. Like where they that put Brock Purdy's incredible. high school football yeah. coach for the last yeah. when, they, when they were doing like, the Niners game last week. Yeah, there's T Swift and Fireman Ed side by yeah. side on the Sunday Nighter. Or like when Takeo Spikes had his big game and he couldn't even see. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that was sad. Mm-hmm. Alright, so anyway, Ross. <laughs> um I don't know if you saw this this morning. Did you see the Chandler Jones tweet? No, definitely not. What do you say? Uh, he said, um, and I'm paraphrasing, um, McDaniels needs to get the F out of Las Vegas. This is my city. Your thoughts? Um, well, two thoughts. One is it, it appears as if there's some stuff going on health-wise with Chandler. Yeah. So I think you got to take anything he posts sort of with a – a grain of salt, and I hope he's okay. That would be number one. And then number two would be, I, I, I don't think it is going well for Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. You know, Devontae Adams said they don't have a winning culture. I mean, it's just it's going very poorly for him. Again, kind of like it did when he was in Denver. I don't know what Mark Davis was thinking getting rid of Rich Passaccia. Ross, you had mentioned Zach Wilson and uh, just what we've been seeing with him. I think we all knew that the Jets need to go get somebody else. But what was your reaction when it was Trevor or Marcus Simeon? Trevor, Trevor Simeon. Simeon. I've done that twice in back-to-back days. Who was the first name? You Marcus gave there? Simeon. Marcus Simeon, the uh, shortstop for the Rangers, Texas Rangers. Interesting. Um, Former Blue Jay. I, I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known that in a million years. Huh. But you guys both know that? Are you both baseball guys up there? He well, played for the Jays last year, and we cover the Jays pretty extensively. Yeah, Blue Jays are a big deal up here, Ross. Big, big deal. Seriously? Oh, yo, it's man. Canada's Ross, team. it's like the ratings are through the roof for the Blue Jays here in Canada. We could we put every game on our radio when yeah. we're not playing the Flames. You see, yeah, you see, like, because in the States, baseball is now a very regionalized sport. But here, the Blue Jays are the only thing in the summer that people care about. They care about the CFL, but the Blue Jays trumps them all. Blue Jays are a huge deal, and they do incredible numbers when they're in the playoffs. 
That's really interesting. So the Blue Jays are Canada's team for baseball. Yes. Raptors are kind of like that. So for even the though, like, people in Calgary absolutely hate the Maple Leafs, they like right. the Blue Jays. Right. Correct. And there's there, there's okay. a reason for that, too. And I'll, again, I kind of talked about this. <laughs> so in the 80s, Ross, when the Expos were still in Canada, the Blue Jays signed an exclusive deal uh, with Western Canadian stations to show Blue Jays games and essentially blocked Expos games for being shown on like network television in Canada. So the Blue Jays have always had a foothold in Western Canada because those games were shown in the 80s while the Expos were only kind of a regional thing that were shown in Eastern Canada. Got it. Um, that makes sense. Um, well, listen, I I posted this on social media and talked about this a couple days ago on on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I, I don't know what the Jets are doing. <laughs> I really don't. Um, Trevor Simeon got beat out to be the backup for the Bengals by Jake Browning. There are other guys out there that I think would give them more of an option, like a Carson Wentz. Well, he must really have have done some things to turn people off because he's still only 30 years old. Yeah, Tony can play at a high level. This would be the best team he's been on since the early days with with the Eagles. And I know he's inconsistent, but guys, I mean, we now know that Zach Wilson's consistently bad. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're inconsistent, at least you're good sometimes, you know? Who's to blame here when you kind of take a step back? Because I think a lot of people are pointing the fingers at Wilson, pointing fingers at Salah, pointing fingers at Douglas. Like, this is also an offensive line that does not block very well. That is correct. And that's on Joe Douglas. And they've invested a lot of resources along the offensive line, and it hasn't gone well. And he's kind of got to own that, right? Like, that's that's his responsibility. That's on him. So that's something that you need to know. And then um, in terms of Zach Wilson, you know, I don't know, you know, how to look at that. I don't know how much of that goes on Salah versus Douglas, right? Like, Maybe it's Douglas saying we, we can't go get anybody else. We're not going to get anybody else. Or maybe it is, you know, maybe it is Salah. You know, I, I don't know who's the one that's backing Zach Wilson to this extent. I mean, Trevor Simeon's going to be inactive Sunday. So like, when is he even going to be active where they could put him in a game once Zach Wilson's playing poorly? And what's really funny to me, is that one of the next couple games, Zach Wilson, just like by the law of averages, will play pretty well, and then the Jets will convince themselves for like another three weeks that he can do it, <laughs> and then he'll be bad again. Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Podcast, NFL analyst for CBS, joining us here, courtesy of Tom's House of Pizza. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, 960, the fan. Ross, uh, I just you played in the league. I just want you uh, to put yourself in the shoes of uh, the Denver Broncos after getting a 70-burger put on them by the Dolphins. How do you go to work the next day after a game like that? Um, it's not pleasant. <laughs> you know, I was actually 2001 in Washington. We were 0-5. 
2004 in Buffalo, we were 0-4. And, and it's hard to overstate just how sort of miserable the atmosphere is when you're in that situation. It's really bad. I mean, it's really, really negative. You know, there's just so much tension because unlike a lot of other places of work, like you just know people are going to get fired. And like a lot of people are going to get fired if you don't do better. And so like you'll walk down the hall and people won't even look at you. You know what I mean? Like they'll look the other way. I mean, it's, it's bad. It's, it's really, really bad when things are like this. And so 0-3 is bad enough to get embarrassed like they did, especially the guys that played poorly. That's not easy to go into the building the next day. How do you think people in Denver are reacting to Sean Payton, who came in in the offseason and said, oh, what a disaster this was here, poorly coached, and then they suffer one of the worst losses in league history? I think that the honeymoon is uh, short. <laughs> Very think, short I honeymoon. That's what I would say. I think the honeymoon is is short and that they're probably already starting to, you know, question him maybe a little bit, right right or wrong. And I think probably wrong. I think, you know, Sean's a good coach, but, you know, that's a bad look. I mean, he's the one that hired Vance Joseph as the coordinator, and they, lo- and they gave up 70 points. <laughs> Man, that's never good, giving up a 70-burger. Hey, uh, actually, on that topic, um, my producer's written down a few names for this Dolphins offense. Do you think that we've gotten to the point where the offense needs a nickname for the Dolphins? Are you trolling me right now? He tweeted that on Sunday. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, really? Those are Ross's. These names. are from him? Those are Ross's Unbelievable. Yeah. Greatest show on surf, Legion of Zoom, and Ocean's Eleven. Which one's your favorite? So wait, you were going to act like, like you just came up with those? No, and, I was uh, going to actually give credit to my producer who had captured them and written them on the piece of paper. That is really funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm having a great interview know. here. You're killing it. I, don't know. You know, I think it. they're all. I think they're all pretty good. Uh, what's the latest poll result? I haven't even looked. I'm curious to see what. The I think Ocean's are. Eleven was pulling ahead, Ross. That's interesting. Ocean's Eleven, huh? I do uh, like Greatest see. Show on Surf. I do like that one. Greatest oh, Show man. on Surf is 27. percent This is so Legion close. of Zoom 30. percent Ocean's Eleven 36. percent Interesting. Huh. They're all I good names. Not, I would not have thought. I would not have thought. Ocean's Eleven. What do you think with the Bills here? Because this game is going to be massive between the Dolphins and the Bills. They get the five turnovers against the Commanders, but is that somewhere you saw it and you said ah, that's kind of the Commanders, or is this Bills defense kind of coming to life here? I think the Bills defense is better than they were last year. Hmm. I think they're playing better, and I'm kind of excited for this. I mean, I think it's the game of the day. I really do. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pumped up about it. Should be awesome. Curious just to see how it unfolds. I guess, you know, the, the Dolphins aren't going undefeated, so I feel like this would be a game that they would lose. So I kind of feel like they'll, they'll – I, I kind of think the, the Bills will figure out how to do it. But, man, it uh, should be awesome. 
Thursday Nighter has the Packers and the Lions. I'm fascinated by this, too, because I don't know if we thought this was going to be as big a game as it feels like it is in Week 4, given that the other two teams in that division are already 0-3. Uh, I still think it is a big game. Yes. Because, you know, the winner of this is, you know, 3-1, and one, you got to lose two games in a row to even be 500. 2-2, two and two, you are 500. you got to win two games in a row to be two games above 500. This is a big swing game, mm-hmm. and I think it'll be awesome tonight. Kind of going back and forth, but the Packers are still a little bit beat up, so I think I'll take the Lions, but should be an awesome game. It's, it's, it's so much better when the primetime games are like a good game like tonight that you're excited about. Right. No, I 100% agree. Um the Chicago Bears, I know we talked about Zach Wilson. W- what's your read on Justin Fields? Can he be a guy to elevate his game? Like, I know he was, the, we talked about it last week about the coaching, but again, they just got absolutely destroyed by the Chiefs. The offense looked completely, you know, out of sync. Like, how long do they keep this Justin Fields experiment going here? The entire season, they ride with him, see how it is. They sign him to that extension. Like, what, what, what do they do with Justin Fields? Well, I don't think that they're going to – I don't think they're going to extend them the way it's looking right now. I think they'll give him the whole year or almost the whole year, I would guess. But it, it's not looking real promising for him or the or the new head coach, Eberflus, to be honest with you. It's not looking real good at all. Ross, wanted to get your thoughts, too, on uh, Joe Burrow's calf issue. Clearly, uh, he's struggling out there to move around. Uh, the offense looked good. Just throw the ball to Jamar Chase, essentially, on every play. But how are the Bengals going to sustain this with Joe Burrow's calf? Obviously, an issue, and that's an injury that all these experts are saying on Twitter, all these doctors. It's one of those things that time is the only thing that helps him out. But the Bengals aren't in a position where he can sit for three or four weeks and get this thing right. How are they going to manage his calf the rest of the season? And what is what is your outlook on the Bengals? Yeah, well, that that's the point, right? Is they don't really have, you know, they, they don't have a lot of margin for error. So they're, they're trying to get through it as much as they can and hoping that that he's able to, to, to not have a setback, but they're kind of darned if they do, darned if they don't, right? If they yeah. put him out there without, and he has a setback, then they're in real trouble. But if they don't put him out there and they lose another game or two, then they're also in real trouble. So one way or the other, it's, it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not a good spot for them. Clearly. Is this going to show how important it is to make sure that backup quarterback position is kind of fortified in the NFL? Because, you know, they got a guy who's never thrown an NFL pass backing up an offense that they kind of want to do things with this year. Yeah, I think um, I think if they had a better court backup quarterback, I think they would have been more willing to think like they could beat the Rams at home or whatever and, and, and use the backup quarterback in that game and give – Burrow a chance to heal even more but I think you're right they they don't have the faith in him so they couldn't uh before I let you go Ross uh Jags in uh, London against the Falcons uh this Sunday morning early start of course 9 30 eastern time 7 30 Calgary time I just want to get your thoughts on the Jags very terrible loss to the Texans a lot of survivor pools went up in flames uh this past weekend with the Jags they got kind of offense wasn't really doing anything against the Chiefs 
Are the Jags a team that a lot of people picked to win that division? A lot of high expectations in Jacksonville this season. What's your read on the Jags so far through three weeks? Well, there's a lot of drops, uh, which is not good, obviously. Um, And then I kind of thought that they would have some issues with their, with their O-line early on in the season, especially while Cam Robinson was suspended. I mean, I, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I had them at eight and nine before the year Ooh. and thought that they would, I thought the Titans would win that division. Now they might still end up being better than that, but I kind of saw, saw this coming a little bit. Uh, Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker podcast, NFL analyst for CBS. Where are you this weekend? Utah State at UConn, so a fellow uh, fellow Mountain Time Zone squad. Do you guys root for other Mountain Time Zone squads? Uh, Matty, you're from here? Not really, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. There's some Boise State fans in Calgary. Yeah, yeah we yeah, have Pat big, Feinberg. big yeah. Boise State fan. There's down some Boise State fans here. Show here, but yeah, not a ton. I get it. Uh, yeah, so anyway, college football is not big up there, right? Mm. I think it's starting to get a little bit more uh, heat towards it with yeah, the, with it, all the realignment and the, just the more eyes on it with the social media. Like, it's easy to get to now. That's cool. All right. Ross, it's been a pleasure. Let's do it again next week, pal. Thanks for this. Sounds great. See you guys. All right. Ross Tucker brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Straight ahead, Jeff Merrick from the Jeff Merrick Show, 32 Thoughts. Oh, and we're just going to talk to the 21st captain of the Calgary Flames, Michael Backlund, at 745. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show, Ruskin Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from, Doug, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. In about 15 minutes, the 21st captain of your Calgary Flames, Michael Backlund, will join us. Shot of Edie on the Blue Jays at the top of the next hour, but right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, host of the Jeff Merrick Show, 32 Thoughts Podcast. We say good morning to Jeff Merrick. Hello, sir. How are you? Hi, George. Good morning, Mac. Good morning. I just love the slow jams coming in there, too. That's putting me in a nice little uh, Thursday morning groove here. I I do like being the opening act for Michael Backlund. This is a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's good. This is a lot of pressure before the man comes on, the captain of the Calgary Flames. I... I hope I live up to the best opening band I ever saw in my life. You want me to share it with you? Yeah, absolutely. This would have been, and I'm going to take you in the Wayback Machine here, because I'm an old guy now. Uh, this would have been 19, I want to say 85. Mm. And it was at the Concert Hall, which is in downtown Toronto, at uh, Young, just above Blur Street. Uh, it was the, 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 the headliner was a band by the name of Wasp. And the opening act was, a band that had just released, I think, one album at that point. I think that was Kill 'Em All. They're just about uh, to release what would be their breakthrough album, Metallica, opening up for Wasp. <laughs> and they uh, honestly, it, they blew everybody away. Like everyone came away from that. And there was like fifteen hundred people at the show. And I remember thinking to myself, "Yeah, that's the last time I see that band for that price <laughs> with this few people." <laughs> so. I don't know that I'm going to live up to that standard before Michael Backlund, the headliner, comes on here, but I'll, I'll give it the college try. Uh, okay, now I have to ask you this quick question. Did you ever yeah. see, did you ever catch the Rolling Stones when they do one of those shows in downtown Toronto under an assumed no. name and all of a sudden? No. How crazy was, would that be? 
Uh, Alma Combo was the famous ones, right? Um, there was there was one they did uh, at a at a club on Lakeshore. Uh, Alma Combo is the uh, the ultimate famous one. Did they do one at the Rivoli as well? Probably. Like the Stones would always do that. And then you know what? There was a time where. Oh boy, here we go talking about you know uh, Toronto clubs on <laughs> Calgary Sports Radio. There was a there was a there was a there was a bar called the Cameron House, and for a while there, when Prince lived in Toronto on Bridal Path, he owned it. And so there'd be a lot of bands that you know that would be in town, and then after the show, they'd go and play essentially like another show at Prince's. Like, and there was only like 500 people would fit in the Cameron House at these uh, at this uh, at, at, at this one bar. So. The Stones were the most famous to do it, but I don't think they were the only ones. Wow. And the Cameron House, for the longest Crazy. time, was the, the the main spot for it. But no, I never caught one of those Secret Stones shows. Caught the hip a couple of different times. Nice. At, uh, at sort of industry mixers. Foo Fighters at Lee pa- Lee's Palace. Uh, unannounced. That was an industry-only uh, event. Dave Grohl was dancing and r- running all over the bar. Like, that, that was... Those were one of the, some of the some of the best shows I ever saw, but no, never never caught the stones. Um, Jeff, you, you mentioned Michael Backlund; he's going to join us in about twelve minutes. Is there a time? Mm. Uh, it's it's rare in the NHL where you see a contract, you see a captain named, you see a fit that is just so perfect. I think Michael Backlund checks all those boxes, does he not? Aren't, aren't there just some guys that you want? And again, I'll use like hockeydb.com. Like, do you not just want to see, like, one NHL team on their hockey DB? <laughs> like, it's always weird when it's, like, 14 seasons of one team, and then every year it's just like, okay, they went into mercenary mode and just tried to chase cups as yeah. much as they could or, or, or chase the very last uh, dollar in, in every quarter or every nickel under every cushion. Backlund just seemed like one of those guys to me where I want the hockey DB page to be clean, you know, kind of like, you know, like, <laughs> Mike Medano at the end, like I get it, but uh, it would have been nice just to see, you know, North Stars slash Stars for someone like Mike Medano. They're just some guys you want to see go through their entire career on uh, on one team. I think it'll be great uh, to see him play in in game number one thousand as a member of the Calgary Flames. I mean, it's, it's rare for a player to get to a thousand games and only be on uh, on the one team. Uh, I've liked them going back to junior hockey. Always felt, and I think a lot of us have sort of come to this conclusion now that he was, he, he's been really undervalued for a large part of his career and underappreciated. And maybe with the rise of the, uh, the era of analytics, finally uh, in hockey, people are, you know, you know, since analytics moved to the, to, to the front of the conversation, just realize just how great a, a two-way player he is and how he should be, you know, every year in the conversation for the Selkie trophy. It's, to, to me, this one looks like a, a hand-to-glove relationship, uh, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad for Calgary and glad for their fans that he's signed. Because I'll tell you, Georgia Matt, like I think that I'm not just saying this because I'm on a Calgary radio station. To me, they're the most interesting team in the NHL. Like really, like that, to me, like the, the one team that I, I am not going to miss because when you cover it nationally, you got to sort of be selective mm. about who you pay most of your attention to. I am fascinated and really curious to see who the Calgary Flames are this season. Really fascinated. Do you think we'll get any more signings before we get to the first game of the regular season on October the 11th? It doesn't feel that way to me. Again, like Elliot's great line is always, well, everything can change with one phone call. Absolutely true. And I think we're all, you know, wondering about, about Lindholm here. And if it's not going to be Lindholm, what's the long-term plan, um, you know, to, uh, uh, to, to pair someone with, with Jonathan Huberto. Um, I don't, I, again, 
from my vantage point and from my calls and checking around, it doesn't feel or seem as if the Lindholm situation is close or even certain at this point. You know, I, I think that there are just some players, and I look at Elias Pettersson in Vancouver as perhaps another example, and say, I think there are some guys that are going to kick off the season in wait-and-see mode. Like, if the team is competitive and the team looks like it's it's got it back together and can be, you know, a, a consistently competitive team, I think that uh, that warms them to signing. But if, you know, uh, late November, early December rolls around and the losses are piling up, I think then it starts to spell trouble. Uh, but I, I don't get the sense that anything with Lindholm, and that is sort of the obvious one here. I know there's a Hannafin issue as well. Uh, it, it doesn't seem as if that one feels close right now. The flame, uh, the Hannafin situation is an interesting one because that one does feel like at the end of the season he's going to be playing uh, for a different team, whether he plays out the season as a flame or whether he gets traded in season. But could yeah. that market be a little bit saturated for a, a top four defenseman going to UFA because you look at some of the other names in the final year of their deal without extensions, you know, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Devon Taves, Brandon yeah. Montour. Like there's some names out there. Could that market be a little bit oversaturated? But uh, one, yes, you're hundred percent right. Two, what's the one day of the year where everybody overpays for defensemen? Free agency. Free agency. <laughs> like, I, uh, everything that you're saying is 100% true. I agree with it. Um, there's a lot of defensemen, if they get to that point, and most, um, really, I think we're all really curious about, about Taves here in Colorado. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of defensemen on, there'll be a lot of defensemen on the market, but that's the one time where everybody uh, overpays. You know, Brian Burke, when, I, when we worked together, would always say the same thing about him and his colleagues. He said, you know, there's two days of the year where we all, you know, overspend and, and overpay for defensemen. One is trade deadline, the other is July 1st. He goes, we, we can't help ourselves. We don't know what it is, but every year we say we're not going to do it, and then every year we do. Um, and it just sort of underscores just how valuable your your, your blue line is. Like, you're, you're not a cup contender unless you have that blue line. If I'm the Calgary Flames, again, I'll come back to what I find to be the most interesting team in the NHL. Um, do they have the Hurricanes blue line? No. Do they have the Colorado blue line? No. Do they have Vegas's blue line? No. But, you know, they're in that group, like right up in that sort of that, that second bracket uh, right after them. Like the Flames do have that blue line, do have a high-end blue line. Um, but I, I, as for Hannafin, yeah, I, I do understand the logic of maybe not going to market um, when there's a lot of other uh, people competing for services and for contracts, except that. He's a defenseman, and everybody goes crazy paying for defenseman on July 1st. Jeff Merrick hosted the Jeff Merrick Show, 32 Thoughts Podcast. Joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Obviously, Jeff, uh, everybody wants to see a big bounce-back year from Jonathan Huberto, but who do the Flames need to have a bigger season, maybe even a career year from? Jacob Markstrom, Markstrom. or Nazem Kadri? You didn't even let me finish. It's Markstrom? Markstrom. It's, it, it's Markstrom. Really, I mean, it's, it's the old thing, right? If you have a goalie, it's 70% of your team. If you don't, it's 100. Uh, I think the Calgary Flames are, you know, they're, they're a much different team and probably a playoff team uh, last season if, if Jacob Markson doesn't have that year. You know, like I've had so many people, you know, 
trying to say to me, like, man, that Oilers series really messed up Jacob Markstrom, hasn't been the same. Did the Oilers series break Jacob Markstrom? I don't believe that um, for for a second. Uh, I think that there's still an elite goaltender in, in Jacob Markstrom. And if you follow the sort of ping pong ball of his career, you know, you kind of look at it and say good season, bad season, good season, bad season. Um, I hope for his sake and I hope for Calgary's sake, he comes back and he's that Vesna Trophy finalist. And having a good goalie erases a lot of mistakes. Like ultimately, I think that like there's too much skill with Nazem Kadri for him not to be okay. And I mean, you guys are there; you're closer to it than I am. But you know, from my distance, it seems as if there's a there's a breath of fresh air around the Calgary Flames organization, right? Um, you know, there's there doesn't seem to be, and I know I'm going to sound like I'm pinning everything here on on Daryl Sutter, but it does seem as if it's a happier place to be. You know, like not everybody is grumpy all the time. Not everyone is, you know, terrified all the time. Not everyone is anxious all the time. Like it seems like it's a more, like it's a, it's, it's more of a, a, a fun and positive atmosphere in Calgary. That's what I'm gleaning from my, you know, little little perch here in, in Eastern Canada. Um, you let me know if I'm on base or, or off base on that, but that's what it does seem like. So ultimately, I think that there's too much skill and there's too great an atmosphere already created around the Conroy era of Calgary Flames for him to uh, to have another season like that. But I'll tell you, like, and, and this is you know more so true in the first half of last season than it was in the second half. But every time I'd watch the Calgary Flames last year, Kadri um, was like the best player or mm-hmm. one of the top players or doing something. Like he's just too skilled. Uh, for him not to have you know not to have a better season this season uh, the, not, not to have a better season this year, but to me the guy is Markstrom. If 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 Markstrom can come back and I don't know that anyone's expecting like you know a nine thirty five save percentage like a Shosturkin season or a Sorokin season, but you know a nine twenty Jacob Markstrom I think that goes a long way for the Calgary Flames fortunes this year. Jeff, if the Flames are the most interesting team in the NHL, who is the most interesting team in the Eastern Conference? Uh, oh, that's a wonderful question. I do wonder about the New Jersey Devils. I, I really do like whether they're legit, like they're a legit, you know, top contender in the Metropolitan Division, uh, right there with the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina's a fascinating team as well. Um, haven't ever been able to get over that hump. They have the best blue line in uh, in the NHL. Uh, certainly well coached. Uh, they can score. They're explosive. They're disciplined. They're really hard to play against. But maybe the most interesting team is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hmm. Now that you know, now that Eric Carlson's in the mix, and you know, we all know that the, the band stayed together for for one more kick at it. Like, is the, is this enough? Essentially, like, is this enough? Bringing in Eric Carlson, you know, Riley Smith uh, comes in as well. Uh, Dubis makes the, uh, the 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 big splash. Is this enough to get them to not just get to the playoffs, but do something like the Metropolitan Division is kind of like after Carolina. And you could make the argument New Jersey, too, although there's still some question marks about the goaltending in New Jersey. But after those two teams, don't you guys get the sense that everything in the Metropolitan Division is jump ball? Like the Rangers could be in or the Rangers could be out. The Washington Capitals could come back if Kuznetsov is back It was. We obviously wasn't getting along uh, with the previous coach, and now Spencer Carberry's in there taking over for Peter Laviolette. You wonder if all of a sudden Kuznetsov can pop again like he did in the playoffs when they won the Stanley Cup. If you can get him back in the Capitals, uh, be back in this, this conversation. Um, 
I do wonder if this is enough for the Pittsburgh Penguins to not just get into the playoffs because there's spots open, uh, but actually, dare we say, win around? Wow. Maybe two? I, I, I mean, I, my, my, my head says no. Like, this is sports, right, guys? Your head yeah. tells you one thing, but your heart feels another. <laughs> and then there's like that struggle between the two. My head says no way. But then my heart says, what are you doing betting against Crosby? Yeah, no like, What are you doing, dummy? Like, what's wrong with you, Merrick? What are you betting against Crosby in that situation? Uh, Jeff Merrick, host of the Jeff Merrick Show, the 32 Thoughts Podcast. Jeff, a pleasure. Let's do it again soon. Thanks for this. I cannot wait to hear back the next. Look forward to it, gentlemen. Have yourselves a wonderful day. And, uh, yeah, have a, have a great one. And we'll see what happens with the Flames this year. Fascinating, fascinating team. Thanks for having me on uh, No problem. Uh, super exciting. And super exciting to have our next guest on the Atlas Pizza in Sports Bar guest hotline. I liked the little pander from Jeff there. I did like it. Uh, he is the 21st captain of your Calgary Flames. We say good morning to Michael Backlund. Hello, Michael. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm good, thanks. How are you? How was uh, how was uh, going to bed last night being the captain of the team? Uh, it was special, for sure. It was uh, a very special night. We were pretty exhausted uh, by the time the kids went to bed and uh, wondered was just the two of us awake and uh, having our dinner. So, um, yeah, I know it was, uh, still feels pretty surreal. And, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to take in. Um, we, we know you've talked about it, the pros and cons list uh, of staying in Calgary and the pros just outweighed the cons by a ton. Just wanted to ask you, when did you, when did you come to the decision that, you know, I have, we have to stay in Calgary, not only for your career, but as a family, when was that decision made? Uh, about two weeks ago, uh, we made a final decision. Uh, and then, um, yeah, it was, um, two weeks ago on that weekend and, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, it's been a long thought process, uh, long off seasons. We had some time to think it through and let's, you know, see how we feel. And uh, once we came back here to Calgary, uh, we just felt the appreciation a lot from all the fans and the, the organization. And uh, it's just so great to see my teammates again and, you know, be be around the new coaching staff and management and feel the energy in the ring. So, um, so yeah, about two weeks ago, uh, we made that final decision. Uh, who was the phone call to? Was it was it to Connie? Was it a text? Was it a phone call? What was his reaction? Uh, yeah, no, Connie was in Penticton at the time, so uh, when he wanted to get back to Calgary, um, you know, went up uh, about a week ago, went upstairs to his uh, uh, office and uh, sat down with him and told him, you know, that I want to stay and I would like to sign a deal here. And uh, yeah, he was uh, he was excited right away, so which was good that they wanted to keep me and. Uh, even though I dragged it out, um, and yeah, and then he brought in Nonis, and we kept talking for for a bit, and um, you know they said right away that would be the team's captain. So uh, it was a very, very good and special meeting. You've talked about, and a lot of the players have talked about how things have kind of felt different this year. Did did you want to get back to Calgary and and kind of get a feel of the environment and everything that had changed before you made this decision, Michael? And do you think that's applicable to some of your teammates who are also on expiring deals? Yeah, we it's just it's just so different being in Sweden and being so far away from everything. You know, it, hockey comes pretty secondary in the off season. I mean, you know, you go in and do work hard every day in the off season, put in the work. But other than that, I mean, you know, you focus on being family and friends. So we, uh, the mindset wasn't you know we didn't think about it as much as once we got here. It was uh, it was more like okay, we're here. You know, everyone 
you know, you can feel the appreciation, like I said, and from people and, and like just being around with my teammates and the, uh, the new coaching staff and feel the, like you said, a positive energy in the locker room. And that definitely affected me. And, uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't, uh, I didn't expect myself to make this kind of a, uh, this right away. I mean, we said we were going to, in the summer, we said, you know, we'll wait and see how it goes, see how the season starts. And, you know, if we have a good start and everything feels good, we'll, we'll look to extend. And, um, but I just kind of had such a good feeling right away when I came here. And like I said, the feeling, the appreciation from everyone in the city and uh, in the organization made me feel like, you know, this is where we belong and where we're going to stay. Last year looked, it probably was one of the more frustrating, one of the more difficult years for you since you joined the Calgary Flames. Um, How long did it take you to move past that season to kind of, come to terms with what it was and start gearing up for something fresh this year? Yeah, no, it, I mean, uh, the first few days, right, I mean, after the season was really tough and um, um, it was uh, it was a tough first week going through all the meetings and all that and, um, you know, I have to discuss it with, uh, you know, with the management, the coaches, players, everyone and the media. So, uh and we went on a family vacation. It was nice to get away from everything and just settle, settle down. And once I came back, I was excited for what was coming the next year and started training right away and was looking forward to the next year. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, I was watching some playoff hockey and it's always watch. Hmm. It's always fun to watch hockey, but it's also tough when you're not in it to watch it. And um, um, so it was still some sour taste there watching the playoffs. But um I got over the season fairly quickly uh, after the vacation, and then once I got back in the gym, and was looking forward to the next season. Um, you talk about the gym. You finished second to uh, Dylan Dubé in the fitness testing. Is the goal next year to finally beat that guy because he's a three-time champ, uh, Michael? Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I'll do my best. I'll uh, try and keep up. He has ten years on me, but I'll do my best. I think you can do it and just a, a nice off season regimen. Maybe, you know, you're going to maybe have to throw a couple things his way in the off season, like pay some people to get him off his course, something like that, yeah. because he's doing a pretty good job here. Yeah, I know he, he's, uh, he's, he's very, he's very fit. And, uh, you know, we trained together in the, in the spring and early summer when I was here after the season. And uh, yeah, it was great to work out together, uh, pushing each other. It was a lot of fun uh, chirping each other too, who was going to win in the fall. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I know he's a freak athlete. It's, uh, uh, you know, and he always puts in the work too, though. Um, he's always there and works really hard. And um, I'm very proud of him. Michael Backlund, the 21st captain of the Calgary Flames, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Uh, Michael, we all saw it on the ice. Uh, you had an incredible season last year, maybe arguably your best season as a Calgary Flame. Do, do you view last season as that just your performance on the ice? And how much more do you think you can give? Yeah, I want to keep pushing myself. Uh, I'm not satisfied, uh, and I feel... You know, and I gotta take a next another level with being named the captain. Uh, I'm not gonna change, but you know, I feel more responsibility, obviously, and uh, uh, I want to keep working on my game. That's what I've been doing in the off season. Uh, keep uh, trying to be better and strive to never be satisfied. I just keep pushing myself. So um, you know, I'm always hoping to beat myself and be even better than the year before. So um, I'm gonna push myself, even though I get older, and uh, always hope that I can be better than the year before and help my team to have success and um, you know it's, uh, it's time to get back to the playoffs again uh, and hopefully we 
we, uh, you know, once you, if you get in, you know, it's, uh, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we train for all summer to become a better player and to help your team make the playoffs and have a push. Michael, you mentioned there was a pros and cons list list involved in this decision. Uh, as someone who's grown up in this city, I'm just curious if you could maybe share some of the pros that were on that list away from the rink, some of the non-hockey-related pros that led to you re-signing here in Calgary. Well, uh, it was that, uh, you know, it's our home. Our kids are born here. Our dog, our dog is born here. Uh, <laughs> it's important. Yeah, we have a lot of friends and family. Well, not real family. That's what we call family outside of the hockey flames family here. Uh, people that we got to know over the years here in Calgary um, that we value ha- highly and want to be close to. And, you know, we think it's a really good city. Uh, lots of good restaurants. And um, I know we're two kids, but we'd like to go on date nights once in a while. And, um, but all, yeah, so... Um, and just the, the life the kids are living, they really enjoy being here in Calgary. Uh, I know they haven't seen that anything different, uh, but this summer, Tilly, just four and a half, was just asking from mid-July on just to go back to Calgary and to be with their friends, and they go back to preschool. So um, it means a lot to us that they're enjoying their life here, and, and so are me and Frida as well outside of the hockey Let's say we're getting some beautiful fall weather like we are right now. What is a perfect Michael Backlund off day in Calgary look like? Uh, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> well, if, the, if it's a weekday, you know, the kids are the both for preschool and daycare. Um, you know, then I just like to take, make, take my own time and maybe for a couple brunch. Um, you know, maybe go for an infrared sauna or cryotherapy or get some mm. treatment and just kind of relax. And, uh, you know, the kids come home and you play with them, maybe go to the park and just enjoy being with the kids and have fun with them. And then if it's on the weekend, we're trying to do something special for the kids, uh, especially if I have a full day off. We're trying to do something extra fun, uh, like go to maybe an indoor playground or uh, this weekend we're planning to maybe go see the new Paw Patrol movie and uh, just stuff like that. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I'm doing hydrotherapy for the first time tonight, and you mentioned infrared sauna. Is this something I should make sure I do? Infrared sauna? Yeah, it's nice. Um, I feel like it's very relaxing, and the place I go to, they have like a little iPad there so you can watch a show or listen to music while you do it, which I enjoy doing. Yeah, because you and Michael are at the same level athletic-wise, too. You well, definitely I, need that. I can't imagine that we're far. <laughs> yeah, but you're pretty much the same. Yeah, 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 sure. You also have, like, 40 pounds of fat on your sure. body, right, Michael? Yeah, yeah sure. Something like that? No, yeah. not mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, sure he does. <laughs> Second in fitness testing. Yeah. But yeah, sure. for sure. Uh, Michael, uh, on that vein, uh, wh- what's a Michael Backlund cheat day like? What's your te- cheat day meal? I love asking athletes about this. We had Mackenzie Weger at the golf tournament. Uh, he gets after it on his cheat day. What's Michael Backlund's cheat day like? Uh, our favorite is uh, pizza from Pizza Mercado. Uh, and I go with a four cheese pizza and I add a little bit of a pancetta on there and mm. uh, and a little bit of onions. And I, yeah, that's. That's what we always eat if I have a cheat day for dinner. And then, you know, a nice, maybe go to ice cream shop um, here in a neighborhood or we uh, order a Dairy Queen or something like that. I'm pretty big on ice cream. So those are kind of the two things I would prefer to eat. Or if we have ordered or someone brought over some Swedish candy. Oh, okay. Uh, love it. Uh, well, like Michael. In the summer, there's a lot of. 
we just can in the summer. Nice. Uh, Michael, uh, well, congratulations. Uh, we look forward to this season. Uh, congratulations on the honor of being named the 21st captain of the Calgary Flames. We're all looking forward to watching this season. Thanks for this and best of luck. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. There he is, Michael Backlund. Pizza, cheat meal. Can come on whenever he wants, really. Yeah, well, he's the captain of the flipping team. He can, of course, come on whenever he wants. I'm sure he's probably busy, but... Yeah, anytime, I, anytime he wants to come on and, and say something, come on. And come on. If you're a Flames fan, listen to that too. It's like, yeah, I, I think I can get better. Like, you know, dude's 34 years old, probably coming off the best season of his career. It's like, yeah, there's more to give here. I'd agree. Yeah. Father time, Heisman. Stay yep. back. Not you know yet, sir. You know what? And it's it's a lot different than it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago in the NHL and pro sports in general, like guys in their thirties can still thrive. Look at the best athlete on the planet. It's Novak Djokovic. He's 36 years old. Yeah. hundred percent. He's not 36 years old. He sure is. Yeah. He's the best athlete on the planet. He's 36 de- years old. I can confirm he's 36 years old. Yeah. And he's doing a great job at 36. Yeah. A Michael lot of people Backlund. can. It's a complete change. Like, Tom Brady dominated for years and years and years. Sports has come so far. Yeah, yep. and Tom Brady is the perfect example because what has made him be able to do what he has been able to do for so long? Sports science. Himalayan Taking, pink salt? Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. There's Drinking like, 36 glasses of water a day? Yeah, like there's some things that maybe are nefarious and, and not affordable to the average human, but sports science. Yeah. It's a big deal. Uh, Michael Backlund was terrific. Uh, we'll put that on the podcast. We're going to do that in Mucho Big Show. Replay the Backlund interview. Oh yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. That and uh, him and Merrick will be the Jeff Dog. Yeah, they'll yeah. get was great too. Um, straight ahead, I, the hits keep on coming on the show. Shy Davidi. Unlike the Blue Jays, am I right? No runs scored over the last two games, George. Crickets, they only had two please, hits CBP. yesterday. No, is this going to be the number? Come on, that was good. Is this going to be just another Rangers series? Yep. GVP, you don't always have to listen I, I to I had them. to do it. It did make me chuckle. Uh, yeah. Come on. All right. Okay. I'm on Team Rose. Uh, Shai Davidi, uh, and we'll play, uh, sucks. We'll play some uh, Tyrrell Hatton audio <laughs> about he does something that I love to do, too. We'll do that in the 8 o'clock hour in our NFL Big Bets. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan.